0: And we're back for another episode of Stream of Thought, episode 120. Ricks, what do we talk about? We have an update. As you can tell, Victor is still alive from our
1: last recording, and he's got a very interesting story to tell about how that went down. If you haven't listened to last episode, 119, do that, because the last 10 minutes are probably the most entertaining part of the entire thing. But we transition from that. Into the lives that we are experiencing right now in this moment
0: of quarantine, isolation, stays, shelter in place, whatever it is. And of course, we're probably uh, talking about things that most of you guys are talking about, nothing too new, but it is still entertaining nonetheless. So, with that being said, episode 120 of Stream of Thought, we hope you enjoy. <laughs> All right, so for those listening, if you don't know what happened to me, spoiler alert, I'm going to give you a few seconds. (laughs) Listen to the previous episode, all right? So I spoke to the doctor, or I spoke to the nurse on Monday, and I told them exactly what happened. I had told you how I was thinking, oh, maybe that, maybe it was coronavirus, maybe it was a reaction to the flu shot that I got. And the nurse had said, you know, it's possible but typically people will react to the flu shot much sooner because I told them I was like oh yeah you know I got the flu shot on Tuesday this happened to me on Saturday he's like oh that's strange because it normally doesn't happen that late it's always sooner but it is very possible that you had a very very mild form corona but there's just no way of knowing and I asked well can I get tested I don't know what the details are maybe is it's would you still come up as positive the day after you know I don't know and he was, he was like, stay home, contact us if you happen to get other symptoms at all. And a person from HR from my work had called because I told my job. I was like, hey, by the way, I got sick. And so the woman from HR call, called and I told her what happened. And she's like, okay, when do you plan on going back to work? Because they knew that I wasn't working. And she said, you're allowed up to five weeks of temporary leave. This is the second week. I'm allowed up to five weeks of temporary leave. And I I told her, I was like, I don't know, because at least here in the States, there's, it it seems like there are people who are in crisis mode, and then there are people who are, I'm just gonna go for a walk in the park today. You know what I'm saying? and everyone in europe is in crisis mode and i told her like well my sister lives in europe my mom's doing the mom thing telling me to stay home i feel fine i could go to work i'd feel better if there were like measurements put in place like what's going on because when i left it was just a giant shit show. and she said that they are they've limited the number of people allowed in the store and i guess they're installing plexiglass at the register just to uh, avoid people from breathing into one another's space. They're you know, installing the plexiglass,
1: really, based off this. Yeah. Wow. But
0: anyway, so I contacted, I contacted the store. I contacted the bookkeeper. I'm like, yo, what's going on? And she said, yes, they're reducing the, the number of customers in the store to only 30 people at a time. 30 people at a time. The store hours, as of yesterday, we now close at 8 o'clock instead of closing at 10 o'clock. They're keeping people six feet away from each other at the register, and they have not yet installed the plexiglass, but I think they're going to. And I was like, okay, good. That makes me feel feel so much safer because one, I don't want to be waiting for five weeks. I kind of want to go to work and be active, and I can afford to not work for five weeks. Do I want to? I'd rather just make some money. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I don't want to underplay this whole corona thing because I keep continue to do watching YouTube videos and and reading articles and how there's an emphasis on the elderly and people who are predisposed to certain illnesses right pre-existing conditions but then yeah. yeah but then there are I've read there are people who are in their mid to late 20s or early 30s who are extremely healthy and they're in the hospital on ventilators. So it's like, uh, I also don't wanna just risk it. So I think I'm gonna take, I told them, I'm gonna take the full five weeks until further notice. That's something too that I'm, I'm
1: seeing as well, cause especially now that the US is on track to become the new epicenter for the pandemic, you're seeing a much larger percentage of younger people who are getting seriously affected by this. And so I'm thinking to myself, Wow. I mean, you you figure though that no one has any immunity build up to this. No, it's a very novel virus and so no one really knows how their immune system's going to respond. And you have, I mean, this is probably the worst time for it to occur for people in college or or young people going on spring break because who who wants to, who wants to give up their spring break? And if you're a young healthy individual who maybe have dealt with
0: the flu before why
1: the hell not why why not you know let's risk it
0: uh, you're young you're healthy you can recover dude i just feel i just feel bad for i mean we already talked about the people who whose livelihood depend on serving groups of people you know whether you own a small business like a salon or you're a waiter or whatever it is that you do but then think of all the people who planned on getting married this weekend <laughs> you know what i'm saying like my goodness That would suck. Or people who are expecting to give birth to a child. Here's an interesting thing. I have
1: experienced both of those situations. So out East, obviously, Joe does his weddings. He's a premier, top-of-the-line, very in-demand minister for weddings. And over the past couple of weeks, he's had all of them canceled. All of them. And that's probably... He does about a wedding maybe one every three days or so. Maybe more. I mean, it's insane. And he's been having to coordinate with couples who he has been chosen to be the officiating minister and selected by various couples up to a year in advance, up to a year in advance. That's how the area in Jersey that lives, Bergen County, which is one of the wealthiest counties in the country. So here, these are not just your typical go to the Morton Arboretum and have have a wedding outside type of things these are massive grand experiences that involve luxury food live bands all the you know bells and whistles the uh, works. any any yeah. anything that you could imagine for what the perfect idealistic wedding is overlooking the sea overlooking the ocean and so here you have <laughs> and he actually had a service a couple of weeks ago that there were i think there were 12 different wedding couples who attended and maybe half of them had their weddings canceled around that time and so here he's trying to comfort them because they've never experienced anything like this before these are of course high-class weddings and so you expect everything to go according to plan and if it doesn't you just buy your way out of it get somebody else who can fill in whatever's missing or whatever falls through but here now that everything's shut down he is having to deal with consoling these very rich couples (laughs) who who don't know what to do and i think that there's a feeling of anxiety on their part that they can't control the situation something that they had never been able to do plus a wedding in general is super stressful to plan and yeah i mean that that is totally something that kind of crossed my mind the other thing too for births of children so victor's kid in chicago came three weeks early. He's about a month old now, but he was supposed to be born on March 11th, I believe. That would have been at the time where the pandemic was starting to kick up and, and hospitals were starting to get inundated and stuff like that. And I'm like, wow, what a blessing from God that his kid arrived, Samuel arrived early uh, and just a really fortuitous turn of events. But I'm thinking to myself, wow, that, that would be super stressful if you're about to have a kid Especially if it came late, too, if he was after March 11th, it would have been, I don't know, man. I, I'm just glad that the circumstances worked out in that case. But I, I know the stress and I know the feeling. I've, I've felt it from both ends.
0: It's not like with, at least for, you know, when the, when the babies come, the babies come. But at least with a wedding, it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, let's just push it back a month. Because once you select your wedding date and the venue and the food and all that... Everything else surrounding that, the people who own the venue, the catering company, the DJ, once you select your date that is locked in, they are then booking other dates for other things. How much, you you have like no leeway. You are royally screwed. I, I, bo- I believe they call that the domino effect. Yes. That yeah. once you tip one
1: over, everything yep. else falls apart. And so, right. and I think that's why people are kind of freaking out right now. <laughs> <laughs> as, right. as to what the implications are going to be, because I mean, even with my mom's business uh, that doing the architectural work for the state, who knows how long the state is she does prison work and so uh, like repairing the roofs on prisons, and mm-hmm. who knows how long that's going to get pushed off to? She's she's anticipating that she's not going to get paid, and she has projects that she's getting she's waiting to get paid for. She's guessing it's going to be another year before she sees any income from all the
0: work she's done already and the current projects that she's working on right now. And I think on top of the government having in Illinois previously shut down from a while back. It, well, that's <laughs> that's what she's
1: taking it off of is yeah. that
0: is that that
1: is what happened during the oh, what was it? The Illinois government shutdown of I think it was 2015 maybe 2016 where Something the government like was that. shut down for almost 2 years. And so it took her two years, basically, to get paid for stuff that she had already done. Now, in Illinois, anyway, the nice thing is that interest acc- accumulates. Of course, the taxpayers have to put the bill for the interest that goes up. But she ended mm-hmm. up get, getting paid about 150 what she was originally supposed to get paid. Oh, Just shit. because the interest kept building up over and over because they weren't able to pay, and that's how the state operates in, in if they're not able to fulfill their financial obligations, interest mm-hmm. accrues. And so, she ended up getting about one and a half times what she would have originally but it still was hard on her business and yeah and dude i'm kind of in limbo myself right now in figuring out where it is that i'm going to be next in my fantastical journey of life up to this point and it's like well we're we're looking at potentially potentially worst case scenario 30 percent unemployment well, man,
0: that's going to be a difficult hurdle to overcome,
1: but it you know. just—it
0: just goes to show you how dependent people are on other people, how society is dependent on itself. Right. Yeah, that's so that's so wild. I was um, the other day. To, to, I I had to get out of my apartment. I was going nuts. I mean, I drove to Malibu and then I went to Santa Monica, and it was so crazy because. There, when I went to Malibu, I went. I took Sunset. But when I came back from San Monica, I drove on the Ten, and it was just so weird, not having any traffic on the highway, zero traffic on the highway. I was because, wondering about that
1: because LA in general, I'm. I I've never. I it's been fifteen years since I've visited there, but that's the one thing I know is that traffic is the is the
0: only. It's like the sun rising. There will be traffic, dude. When you are trying when you're driving on the highway. You have, from the time that rush hour begins in the morning to when it kind of subsides in the late morning, you have about like a two-hour window, three-hour window. And then early, and then by the time it's one o'clock or noon, it starts building up again. You have very little time where you can actually drive without really any traffic. And so to be on the middle of the highway, all lanes open, and just a few cars was so strange. And then it was weird because I got out of my car and I parked by this little park right by the pier, and it was so strange to see not a single person on the pier, in Santa Monica. And there were still people like walking around and exercising and stuff, but it was strange because the amount of people was—it was just a fraction of a fraction of the amount of people that would normally be out and about.
1: You know where I am? Where it's kind of by the highway. You've got yeah. St. Charles Road, all that and there's normally traffic. And I think it was the day after the quarantine or the lockdown, the shutdown, whatever, stay in home at order had taken place. And for maybe a half an hour, you could just stare out the window, no traffic. Never before have I seen something like that. And more than that at night, I think it was Sunday night of the stay in place order where there's the highway that you can kind of hear that low rumble in the background. Mm-hmm. Of that that hum of traffic, dead silence. All you could hear were like owls and other <laughs> night birds, just chirping in the distance. Wow! And that was the only noise that was made. And I was thinking, wow, if we if we want to if we want to work on climate change, let's just keep this pandemic around for another couple of years. And bro, the number of cars that are off the road right now, this has got to be doing something positive for the environment. At the very I saw least.
0: an image i think what overlooked the midwest or like the chicagoland area said before coronavirus after coronavirus and it measured the pollution that was in the air and the coronavirus the portion right now there's zero pollution i mean not zero but you can see you can see the the color
1: gradations or whatever so you gonna like go from red to blue
0: over the course of maybe yeah they really do yeah dude so so like we we keep saying lockdown, lockdown, lockdown. The security guard at my store I was talking to him and he said that his sister lives in his sister lives in Ireland and they're not allowed to leave their house. If they want to leave their house, they have to make a request online. Really? Yeah.
1: Well, it's easier to do when you have a population of maybe a yeah, hundredth yeah, yeah, sure, right? of a percentage yeah. of what the US is. Yeah. But on a positive note, in a couple of months, in theory, we should be getting checks for uh, (laughs) $1,200. I know!
0: That'll be interesting. Yeah, I think they said by the end of May, because that'll cover the one, two, two and a half to three months that people... What do you think about that? That's like, I mean, you know? Yeah, yeah, because I actually was going to ask you what you thought about that, too, because
1: it's interesting. I think we talked a little bit about this before when it came to the... The insider trading of senators and stuff like that mm-hmm. and there's the questionable components and with the stimulus thing that they're putting out right now it's two trillion dollars as I understand it it's something maybe quarter of it 20% of it's going to people like us but then yeah I think
0: it's two I think it's a quarter and then like a hundred I just read that article this morning yeah but yeah I think it's 250 billion dollars
1: And then uh, Democrats had fought to put in supplemental money going to hospitals that are short-staffed, which apparently was a sticking point that the Republican end. They didn't want that for some reason. And then the other part was uh, corporate bailouts, basically. So money that would be unregulated, that goes to the biggest businesses in the country, that the CEOs could do whatever they wanted. They could put it in their own pocket and just spend it on vacation money if they
0: chose and that why wouldn't it be regulated
1: because that's not what republicans wanted and it's as simple as that and the senate is controlled by republicans so it needs to be able to appeal to the corporate sensibilities of the republican party where they wanted to take care of high donors who were in charge of various massive corporations that needed the money for the whatever reason they say because those
0: people are extremely influential and republicans and their friends and so they yeah I well i i
1: mean it goes back to that whole circular firing squad type thing where you give me money i'll donate to your campaign you get reelected, you give me more favors and it just goes round and round and round like this demented ferris wheel type thing so yeah i don't know on the other hand though i'm glad it's done i'm not too familiar with the intricacies of the bill but it's really frustrating that whenever there's public support financial support being sent out you've always got to add in two times three times as much for massive corporations and unfortunately in the process small business gets screwed and i don't know man i it's a weird game that it feels like isn't specific to democrat or republican it's just unfortunately right now in the corporatized Republican Party that they've said we are the ally of big business and that we are going to make sure that they're taken care of simultaneously with the people who make less than we do, (laughs) more or less. So
0: I know that I think only 15% is going to hospitals, I believe, in the article that I read. So I was like, hmm that uh seems a little on the low end
1: it seems weird especially now that we have like a mass shortage and a ventilator
0: shortage and all that and the hospitals are getting overwhelmed
1: right now but then
0: it's like to the 1200 for everybody for most people that's awesome but that's not going to alleviate everything that has happened since day one until the time that they get their paycheck so it's like a giant waste of taxpayer money, but at the same time, I'll if I was a waiter full time, I'll rather have that than nothing. Right. So, yeah. but but I mean, but that doesn't fix everything that happened from the time that this started again to the time that I get the paycheck.
1: So, would that pay for a month of rent for you, or no? Uh, yeah,
0: pretty much. Okay.
1: Yeah, because when I was in um, Minneapolis, that that would not cover my rent. That was the only thing that I had. To yeah, I guess you're right. Off
0: of. I mean, it would help if you're able to, if you if you only have, if, if you're able to survive for at least a couple months and then you get that paycheck, that would help a lot.
1: It's interesting, though. So, I don't know if you had followed the Democratic primary at all. There was a guy named Andrew Yang. Yang Gang. He was the Asian guy who was promoting a $1,000 a month. Income, basic universal income.
0: Allowance. That's what you're talking about? Give
1: everyone a $1,000 a month. Allowance. Right. Uh, unconditional. Basically, what's happening right now. Where, oh for what's happening right now no 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 it just in general he said that this would be a good principle it was a big it was a big thing where basic universal income where you give every American a thousand dollars and it will alleviate the burden for the top for the bottom 50% of the country which I mean I think that we're probably in that area ourselves in what we make but think about it what an extra thousand dollars a month would be able to do either for your savings or for being able to get a car if it breaks down or repairs stuff like that so it's very interesting that suddenly now we're going back to that i don't know do you remember because we were we were miners at this point in time when george w bush sent out stimulus checks in i think it was 2001 I believe right after 9-11 that families were sent checks, and I don't know if you remember anything like that. I don't, personally. I don't, I don't remember that. I can't remember the exact dollar amount. I think it was something like 800 or or $1,000 for families, and then per children it was 300 to $600, something like that. So it's not, I mean, it's not new, it's happened before and in, in recent history, within the past millennium, so. For you, like, living in California right now, which I'm assuming has a much higher standard of living cost
0: than, say, a Midwest area would,
1: would you agree with that? I mean,
0: no doubt an extra $1,000 a month would help. Yeah, it's awesome, but I just, I don't know. What's, like, what is money at that point? Because $2 trillion
1: back in gosh I can't remember what year it was but in I I think it was during the 2008 elections when I was in college working for campaigns a a major conversation was what are we gonna do about the deficit what are we gonna do about the deficit at this point in time it's just a number it doesn't even mean anything it really it feels like it doesn't mean anything I'm sure it does on some level because China owns all our debt so really they can call it in and just screw our economy whenever they do but it would screw the world economy We're throwing $2 trillion from a bill that was created more or less a couple of weeks ago. And what is money at this point? So why not? I mean, it's frustrating in that sense where there's no checks and balances and it feels like we're heading into a period not necessarily of anarchy but of just total arbitrary
0: what matters and what doesn't i i think it's crazy how nowadays the word trillion dollars is used more and more that's crazy we have yeah we have what 200 trillion trillion dollars right now
1: or something (laughs) it's like so what's another two trillion (laughs) it's like wow so half of that is going to big corporations. A trillion dollars is going to be split up above, among the biggest corporations. And then we get the rest. The the normal people get the rest. <laughs> like, yeah. The, well, whatever. I, I, I don't know. I, it is what it is. I'm at that point right now where I'm glad because I don't know if you listen to any of the late-night comedians still I know that you used to before a couple of times
0: oh I mean I don't here's here's my whole thing (sighs) okay so I don't I think it's great that people are going out of their way to connect each other via YouTube or zoom or how the tonight show is now doing their guests through Zoom, it's very interesting because you
1: you see a lot of these various television personalities. Who, for me, I'm a I'm a late night comedian aficionado. I listen to all of them: Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, Colbert, Seth Meyer, Samantha Bee, John Oliver. All these various figures. You watch them all. You watch I, all of them. It's it's my entertainment, dude. I as opposed to watching netflix or amazon prime or anything like that i use youtube as a primary source of entertainment i don't necessarily view it as something to inform my decisions on but it makes me laugh and it makes me feel better just about the fact that there are others who can empathize with the situation that i think a lot of us are feeling and for me it's nice to see the humanity in a lot of these late night for anybody who's a late night fan of any show to see them improvising is really really cool it's so awesome to see how not only are these various comedians interacting from their homes and being safe and practicing cdc guidelines but they also have their writers insert the graphics write the jokes edit the video put it out And it's circa YouTube 2008, or whatever, where you have a lot of these random ass people on YouTube who are just doing their comedy sketches in front of a camera, like we're doing right now, despite the fact that we're audio, but we're still, if we were to video record this, it'd probably be the same sort of thing, where people are making the best of it and utilizing technology to a really impressive level.
0: I've been I've been blown away by that. I've really enjoyed watching Jimmy Fallon do his monologues and his wife is recording and then his two kids are like playing around with him <laughs> messing it up and everything. Yes.
1: Yes. Dude, okay, can I say there were a couple of times where he looked very frustrated that his little daughter was just running back and forth or whatever. I I don't know if,
0: if that was something that you've seen, because he's not one of my primary ones, but the I've only couple that I did it, see. I haven't noticed that because I've only watched that maybe two or three times. I haven't watched it every single day. I've just seen, seen it a handful of times. Because uh, what I was saying was... I get the whole, you know, the interaction through making the best of the situ of the situation. Well, guess what? In my opinion, the best of the situation fucking sucks, dude. Like I can't stand watching I just want the tonight show back just on regular T V you know? And right. I just and the and the whole thing too is all these comedy clubs are doing live streams of comedy and yeah that's great that everyone's putting this effort and connecting for me it doesn't do it for me yeah. i didn't even bother i'm still writing material but after just watching a few live streams and a few instagram live i'm i'm thinking to my, think to myself you know i'm i'll just wait until the stages is open up again i don't want to participate in this and it just can... seems off for me again not trying to not trying to be a Debbie Downer or rain on anyone's braid. I cannot wait until all of this is over for society to go back to normal.
1: I completely understand that perspective, and I think that that's something that I'm also really eager to see the return to civilization. I'm wondering, because this is a feeling that I've had in the past couple of days anyway, because now at the time that we're recording this it's it's about a week into it maybe or so and I feel as though I have done enough to stem the virus and I feel like the community around me has done enough to stem the virus where we can probably start to return to normal even though I know that's kind of against the recommendations of various health professionals but I personally for me I feel as though yeah, I think that we're, we're doing the right things, and especially I had read a couple of articles from Chicago Tribune, watched a couple of videos from Chicago News, saying more or less that Chicago and the Ch- Chicagoland area has been doing the right thing when it comes to minimizing social contact, social distancing, whatever you want to call it and that we are making an impact on the number of people who are going to a hospital and we're not overflowing the system right now it's it's still strained but it's not something like say a new york city or a florida for example when it comes to the intensity of the virus because people it feels like in illinois right now or at least northern illinois are taking it seriously enough that I feel like, well, we're if we're doing the right things and we're able to minimize those occurrences of the virus popping up, then why not try and transition, slide back in to doing our daily jobs? And I wonder how long it's necessary, because I guarantee you in another week or two, and there's talk about uh, Pritzker, Governor Pritzker, Extending it for beyond the 21 days that he had said for another couple of weeks or something like that. It's just like you get to a certain point where everyone's so sequestered and you have eliminated and isolated the virus. People who are sick know they're sick, and you're able to take the proper precautions, knowing the virus is still out there, to be able to just get back to work and get move up to place. I don't know if that's like feasible for a place like L.A where it's just a grimy, gross place of viral infection, but yeah, the Chicagoland region, and the Burbs especially, are taking enough precautions where I feel like we've stemmed it. We've more or less we've flattened our curve, and it's a shame that we're not able to enjoy the benefits of that
0: until the whole country's back on track. So it's funny that you say that, because I was thinking about at least Los Angeles and it's my personal opinion that when this whole thing happened last week and they released an article saying what you can and can't do and they said oh you're still allowed to go out and exercise i'm thinking to myself that you're so you're giving everybody a free pass to just continue and go about their normal day because what happened was over the weekend all of the hiking trails and parks were overcrowded with people, and so the other day they shut I didn't them. Even they're think about they're that. now closed, and the beaches too. And so when I was driving up and down the PCH, all of the parking lots along the along the beach are closed because those public areas, people had nothing else to do, so they just but a bunch of people would go to the beach or go to hiking trails or whatnot. And so now there, the beach parking lots are closed, and now they are either in talks or they're about to close different parts. It's like, why didn't you just do that in the first place? Duh. Like, you know? I didn't even think about that. Are you mental?
1: We're, we're, dude. I mean, there, because in the burbs of Chicago, right, there's plenty of places where you can go to exercise without being around other people. Granted, this is the most people I've ever seen out on the street in the sidewalk. But still, It's spread out enough that I'm not feeling crowded and people who I pass we're all very respectful of the space that we have and I can't imagine a place
0: like a city. I yeah, I I don't oh gosh. I didn't even think about that. Let me let me ask you, what's your opinion on this? Because I've really only gone outside in the courtyard and then I'll step out onto the sidewalk. I think the other day, well, I had to move my car, and with the exception of going driving around, which I felt fine doing because I'm just in my car, and I'm not interacting with anyone. So I said, "Fuck it, I'm just going to drive around." Right. But I had witnessed somebody, I had witnessed somebody um, jogging in one direction, and then in the opposite direction, somebody else was jogging, and they they went right past them, or I think they were maybe walking or something. I don't know. But the guy who was jogging said, uh, what did he say? He said something along the lines of, Jesus lady, watch it. And I knew he had said that because he didn't didn't want to be close to her, you know, while she was walking or running by and he was jogging by. But at the same time, how much time are you really spending in the vicinity of someone if if you're running past one another, or even if one person is walking, even if two people are walking, like that interaction is fairly minimal. I thought it was a bit of an overreaction, but I just wanted to get your two cents on it. (laughs) Because I've noticed too, when I've had to go to CVS, which is right around the corner, if if I'm walking up the street, I've noticed this on two or three occasions, there's somebody else walking in the opposite direction on the same side of the sidewalk as me and that person several 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 you know a quarter of a block half a block in front of me will cross the street and i know it's because i'm walking in the opposite i'm walking towards them uh-huh and me i'm just i'm just thinking you know what i would still i'd feel perfectly comfortable being on the same side of the sidewalk walking in opposite directions and i might take a step to the side you know but i don't know Okay. I guess you can't be. I guess statistics have proven you can't. There's no such thing as being too safe. You can always do a little bit extra to make sure you you are protecting yourself and those around you. Right. And so there. Okay. So there's a couple things. First of all,
1: there's a sociological term called uh, I forget what it's the actual title is, but it's it's more or less risk assessment as to what is what is the difference how do you balance safety versus in um disruption to societal whatever so people crossing the street for example when they see you not going to be a huge issue i'm going to say this and we'll see how this goes because my mom listens to this podcast i love you mom
0: is this gonna is this gonna be a ranting rick's It's not, it's not, it's not, no, 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 I'm right. right. I am, I am,
1: I, I am, I, again, I love you mom, but I am, I feel as though I am trying to articulate the various spectrum of minimal to extreme, whereas the minimal is people don't give a crap and are handing out donuts without protection to random people. And the other thing is saying, don't touch anything anyone else has touched because you could get it, kind of thing. So, uh... (laughs) So my mom... (laughs) has a package from Amazon that's on the front porch that she's not going to bring in for two days. (laughs) Or a day, or something like that. And she's... I guarantee you she's going to correct me when she hears this. But because the... The virus. It was delivered by Amazon, so understandable. But she wants to ensure that there is in no way, any way that the virus would still be alive when she brings it in from the front porch to the the entryway. And so here, this package is sitting out in the in the you know front area of the house, and it's just hanging out there. Uh, because well, let me tell you this.
0: I was watching an Instagram stories video where um, one of my friends had said, this is how we do groceries now or something along those lines. And she's recording her roommates taking the groceries out of the bag. They're wearing gloves and they're wiping everything down before putting it in the cupboard. And that, that, I mean, until we figure out what's going on, you can you can make fun of someone and you can kind of laugh at it, but this there you do what you got to do to feel safe. Right. And I think that
1: I'm And I'll tired. add
0: this too. And I'll add this because I I um when I have to walk outside, obviously I'm touching something that everyone else can touch, the handle on the door. You know what I'm saying? And when I was Got coming up from grabbing laundry, I put my hand on the rail, and I'm me. I'm not gonna freak out about that, you know. I, I could I wash my hands? Yeah. Have I done it? Yeah. Where I immediately after, but if I don't remember to wash my hands afterwards, I'm not gonna rush to the sink to like wash my. I don't freak out. Just I don't. I don't know. I'm a little in between right and that's kind of where i find myself too where i i do see both
1: because from last episode when i was telling you about that motherfucker from the next door who just didn't give a crap hacking out the storm and then giving donuts to everyone it's like okay well that's kind of an extreme but then i wonder what the other extreme is and i don't blame people for being cautious i think that that if if you're going to do what you're going to do. But in poli there was a, a, a theory and a philosophy where it's a, it's a sociological and psychological thing where, so for example, take, remove the coronavirus and just think in a different context where you have, say, the Boeing 737. Let's throw that out there as a thing, where you had, I think it was two Boeing 737s, or 747s, I can't remember which model it was, that were having the issues with the flight uh, coordination and the uh, computer issues of being able to do the right thing. And so they paused all construction on all the Boeing planes at that time, and that was 0.001% of the planes that had been produced and yet it suddenly became something that stopped all production and airlines took it out of commission and yeah I'm sure that there were other issues that ended up coming up but you look at the percentage of people who are affected and it's like walking out in, you know in a lightning storm I, I, are you gonna get struck by lightning probably not if you're just walking down the street, but you could—it's entirely possible. And so the news and media will pick that person who gets struck by lightning up. Say, man walking down the street <laughs> with an umbrella struck by lightning. Our our umbrellas. Stop un- using umbrellas. Un- our, yeah. umbre- our umbrellas unsafe for the American public. And you, you have this continued circular feed where you have these very extreme events where there's more chance for you to win the lottery than there is for you to get uh, brought down in a faulty plane crash or be struck by lightning by holding an umbrella. And so you have to it's hard because human beings we're, we're very emotional and we like to look at those sensational events. Like I don't want that to happen to me. That's so horrible.
0: But what are the chances? CNN, of I bet, is having the time of their life right now reporting on coronavirus, Bro, right? I'm, I'm <laughs> look, <laughs>
1: right, dude. But I'm I am more I am more comfortable thinking that me buying a lottery ticket will win me the lottery as a compulsive gambler nonetheless than dying from coronavirus or dying in a plane crash or dying from being struck by lightning and so proportionality is important and i think that that is distorted and i unfortunately where do we get our news from i mean where can we get our news from other than media outlets that are primarily interested in generating revenue which is caused by getting eyeballs. Getting eyeballs needs emotional sensory engagement. Fear is probably the greatest one and then there's other things like good feelings and all those other emotional sensory things that get people. So it, it it distorts, I think, reality, unfortunately, and the media environment that we live in right now is very distorted when it comes to understanding both the severity of this issue, because I do, I do take it seriously. I do take this very seriously, but I think people are really um, utilizing it more for monetary gain than they are for actually informing the public, and that's frustrating for me. Personally,
0: no, I agree. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess it's just one of those things that slowly, over time, day after day, evolves to be whatever it is that it is. Dude, this ain't the black. And you play. know what? Here's the thing, though. Too, play. it's it's you stop and think and ask yourself: Well, is it even possible to reverse the, what's happening? because for example so take for example when in Illinois the the toll system right or even i think <laughs> social security like but take for example like uh, those are things that were meant that were intended to be temporary right the toll system was intended to be temporary and social security or something like that was intended to be secret- was intended to be temporary and then you have this flow of income and this steady stream that's coming in coming in coming in coming in coming in and then what you're just going to stop it you know like if you're doing things in the if you're a media and you're doing these things that that garner attention and then you realize oh if i just keep doing these things i get more and more attention well are you just going to stop doing it not to mention too i enjoy thinking of things people people like to think for example if you are the hotshot CEO or a board member of a major conglomerate, that you are at the top and that you are that major corporation or conglomerate. When in reality, this giant corporation or conglomerate is its own living, breathing entity and you as a CEO or board member or whatever, it's no, you are just a smaller piece. It's no different than you know, um, like take, for example, the human body, right? And then you just have all these other smaller components that make it up similar to a corporation. It's its own living, breathing thing.
1: Right.
0: That's the scary thing, you know? So if you okay. look at the macro, <laughs> the, the big picture, yes. it's like, whoa. And then also, yeah, it's, I like thinking of stuff like that. It's entertaining right
1: and i i do feel too especially after the uh 2016 election with um russian interference and that having a major impact in the way that we determined who the president would be um i don't know i'm i don't know if it would be better under say a president hillary clinton or whatever but I find that there is a seminal changing point where this thought keeps coming back to me, and I think that I've mentioned it to you before, where all empires come to an end, and it just takes a moment. It takes an event that creates that transformation of the world that we know it, and it turns it into a different world. I, I mean, in the Bible, there are plenty of those events, where it, it there's a total transformation of various... Um, powerful influences that shape the the world, as expressed in the Bible, and I keep thinking to myself, yeah, we're we're kind of we're kind. I don't know. I, I I had that thought maybe during the election um, uh, four years ago, where it feels like we're in a era where there's a lot of transformation happening, and the fact, dude, that. You have all, for the first time, dude, all sporting events. The Olympics have been postponed, probably going to be canceled. You have all these seminal moments that have been staples in human history for the past hundred plus years. Hundred plus years getting interrupted. There's a moment right now of change that I'm wondering what the world is going to look like after we get through this and how power dynamics and social relationships and all the you know the emergence of social engagement on the internet is going to affect the way that we reorient society now and i sense it coming i don't know what it's going to look like but it's it's one of those it feels like that that lobster being boiled in water where you, you're not gonna know it as the water's heating up, right? <laughs> you're not gonna know that you're getting boiled live, and yet it's happening as we're speaking. And it's one of those sentiments where I think, yeah, I'm. I feel I feel myself. I feel myself in society getting boiled, boiled alive like a lobster, like a lobster, not knowing how hot how hot it gets.
0: <laughs> well, I'd say that's a pretty good note to end on. <laughs>
1: that's all, are, are, you, are you fucking kidding me
0: can you well, can we let me let me rephrase that let me rephrase that that's a good opportunity to end the end end the episode on because I, I don't have anything i'm just saying i don't have anything else to add and no. it's been about an hour and yeah. i'm right getting starting to feel a little fatigue. <laughs> you and your see you co- next time you, 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 on Stream of Thought. <laughs> <laughs> you and your
1: coronavirus need to just lay down and rest for a bit. <laughs> yeah.
0: But, okay. Um, no. Wrap ra- us. Did you have anything else? In. I I don't. know we're fine. Okay. I know. All right. So that concludes things on this episode of Stream of Thought.
1: <laughs>
0: that concludes episode what? One twenty. One twenty. We will see you next yeah. week. On stream of thought. Goodbye.